What's up golfers, Tim Connor here, golf coach, golf academy owner. Teaching golf is all I do every day. And this podcast is to pass along the things I get to see and do, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And just be real and transparent with all of you about the golf learning curve. Golf is an amazing sport. It's really a beautiful craft. And if you do it the right way over the long term, you can steadily be improving regardless of your age. I promise you that. I just recently had a 82-year-old student, Judy, who had her best round ever, which was 55 for nine holes, and that was like 15 strokes better than the year prior. She put her head down, she went to work, and she got results. You can get results too. I just want you to know that. Anyway, let's talk about today's podcast. Let's not talk about today's podcast. I got something on my brain real quick, a little life hack, if you will. So I've always been into fitness, and more recently, more from the sidelines, not like right in the middle of the game. Yeah, but little life hacks, little things that can help you along the way. Uh, maybe I'll start sharing more of that stuff. Let me know what you think. Send me an email or a message on socials. But I bought this gallon water jug, which looks absolutely ridiculous. And you can see it when it's full, it's clear. And there are timestamps on it for the time of the day. And I started doing a gallon of water per day for about the last week. And here's what I found thus far. My late night cravings are significantly lower. I feel much less need for caffeine during the middle of the day. And I actually haven't been running to the bathroom as often as you might think. Too much information? I don't know. Let me know. I would encourage you to try that out. It's a big gallon jug. You can find it on Amazon or wherever. It's got little timestamps on the side. And I just think it's a really good way to ensure you drink enough water. They make them in half gallons too, but I just kind of dove into the gallon thing. All right, back to golf. Golf-wise, let's dig in. I want to teach you how to hit bombs, long bombs, and control your club better. I want to start by talking about width and what width means to me and maybe what width means to you and how it can relate to speed. If we think of your chest as a radius, one radius of the golf swing, there's a distance from your chest to the butt of the club. I'm going to refer to that as width. So if the butt of the club is further from your chest, that is more width. If it's closer to your chest, that is less width. Usually that is accomplished by keeping your arms straighter. And I wanted to talk about that today because I think there's there's definitely mixed reviews about should how straight your arms should be, do they need to be straight? Well, let's talk about some of the common denominators among the good and, and, and versus the bad. So width is a good thing, especially if you wanna generate more speed. Width is a good thing especially if you want to maintain more control of the club face, which is kind of like dual factor there. Club face control and speed, if we do it right. Do your arms need to be completely straight? No. Does your lead arm or your left arm for a right-handed golfer need to be completely straight? No. We have examples of golfers that play really well with a slightly bent lead arm. The best example I can think of offhand is Mr. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth plays with a bent lead arm, and he does pretty well. There are other examples, especially if you go to the hitting area, there are players that have a softish, more bent lead elbow. Now, with all that said, I do like the elbows to be relatively straight because I think it does provide more stability through the hitting area. But is it the thing that's keeping you from breaking 100? Probably not. 90? Probably not. 80? Probably not. 70? Probably not. Is it something that could break down easier than a, than an arm that is straighter? Yeah. 
but there are multiple roads to success and I want you to understand that. But let's circle back to width because that's really the conversation I wanted to have today. Width is really the common denominator amongst good players. They have the club further from their chest than what amateurs typically do. And it leads to a host of problems. The most common problem is the arms will really break down for an amateur golfer. The elbows will fold, the club and swing length will get longer than it needs to be, they lose control of the club head, and they've also lost the ability to create a really good downswing transition where they have like beautiful leg and the club can leg behind their hands properly, all because they had very little arm structure at the top of their swing. Now the best, the very best hack I have found for creating better backswing top, top of the golf swing positions is not instructing the student to straighten their left arm or their lead arm. It's instructing the student to straighten their trail arm or the right arm for a right-handed golfer. By making your arms longer with your trail arm, typically it really cleans up that look and it is more effective to get width than asking that player to straighten their lead arm. With that said, trail arm cannot be perfectly straight. It can't. I mean, it can be but not if you're gonna make a full backswing. It's gonna fold some. But it doesn't need to fold as much as what most players do, leading to the dreaded chicken wing. Wah, wah, wah. You know, chicken wings are for dinner. They're not for golf. We just can't have them. It, it, a lot of times it just, it makes golf harder than it needs to be because of the addition of moving parts. And at the top of the golf swing, that's a perfect example where the trail arm breaks down. A lot of times the player will even lose contact with the butt of the club, meaning the butt of the club will leave their hand. And when that happens, how the heck can we hit the golf ball relatively straight if the club has not even maintained contact with our grip, our point of contact with the golf club? This is way more frequent than a lot of people see or believe or know about. This is not one of those things that gets talked about massively with golf instruction. So bit of a nuance, also widely applicable to many, many people on their learning curve. And the other part of this is when you go to hinge the club at the around the top of the backswing, the end of the backswing, the stopping point, roughly 90 degrees of hinge is ideal between the lead arm and your club. That will make a perfect L shape if we re remove the trail arm. A lot of players tend to over hinge it at the top of their backswing. And that is just compounded with bent elbows, losing contact with the grip. All of it feeds one another. So if your arms are straight out, relatively straight, and your club is maintained contact with the grip and you have 90 degrees of hinge, guess what? You're in a really good position to know where your golf ball is going. And the other part I like about this, or the thing that comes after this, is players, when they're learning to use the club more efficiently, they're maintaining contact with the grip and the handle better amongst their hands, what I'll start to see is I'll start to see true club face control at the bottom of their swing. I'll start to see them using their hands to manipulate the club face, not their elbows and their arms. Uh, they're using their hands and their wrists, which is so important because your hands should be the thing that's controlling the club, not your elbows, not your wrist flip. It should be the amount you do or don't rotate the grip, mainly with your lead hand, with your right hand there to support the process. I've done podcasts talking about the hands before. They do play a really vital role in, in the golf swing. And by keeping your arms relatively straight, we're setting ourselves up for success so we can use our hands more effectively. Does that make sense? 
I hope it does. Anyway, so let's circle back and talk about this stuff. When we get to the top of the golf swing, we wanna create as much width as possible, also without rounding out your scapula. I think that's a very important point that I wanna point out, a point that I wanna point out. Sounds ridiculous. Your arms, to get wide, your scapula should not round out. Meaning if you're standing tall and your scapula is near your spine, that's the position we want at the top of your swing. We're not manipulating the scapula to create width. And you'll see that like with backs rounding and stuff like that. We want a neutral position. What I'm trying to get at is don't round out your shoulders to create more width. We want to create width with our by straightening our elbows. Width is important. It will help you accumulate more speed. It will help you put the hands of the club directly in contact with the butt of the club. And it will help your hands control the club, club face, which is really, really important. We don't want to lose that as a contact point. It's way more common than you think it is. Chicken wings are for dinner, not for golf. Remember that. And uh, work hard every day in the name of better golf. Like do the little things every day that add up. Use width as a tool to help you maintain more control of the club and create more speed. More width does equal more potential for speed. And as a little bonus here, if you're keeping the club wide away from you, the gear that's gonna help you generate the most speed is your body. And it's again, part of that retraining process where like, if we have good positions, it encourages us to swing with better form. So if our arms are wide, how do we create speed? We don't throw our arms. You can try, it'll be very difficult. It's a lot easier to throw your arms with bent arms. We create speed by using the ground and rotating our body. Anyway, maybe that's for another podcast. I'm gonna ask you guys for some feedback. Let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, and send me your ideas. I love hearing from you guys. I don't know what you don't know, so I want to know that, and I wanna talk about it on this podcast, because if you're gonna record every week for a long time, you gotta have some help in the idea department, and that's what I need. Anyway, leave this podcast a review, share it with a friend. I appreciate you for hanging out. I'll catch you back here, same time, same place, next week.